0: What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet. And today we are going to be looking at yet another random magic card. So I'm going to go ahead and hit that random card button. And this, as always, this show, Overthinking MTG, is unscripted, unedited. It's all off the dome. And uh, we just hit the random card button, so let's go ahead and pull that up. We are looking at Dissipate. Specifically, we're looking at the printing from M15. So Dissipate is an instant for one blue-blue counter target spell if that spell is countered this way exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard hmm nice okay and then there's some flavor text too this abomination never belonged in our world i'm merely setting it free and that is attributed to dirk geist mage all right interesting i like counter spells in general kind of as an interesting look at how a i don't know it's i find counter spells particularly interesting because how do you make them anything but stop your friend from playing the game you know it's when you think of counter spells the traditional counter target spell is just what comes to mind like counter spell the spell counter spell is two in a blue counter target spell that's it just stop a thing from happening period end of discussion just that that's that's all she wrote um but throughout the course of the game, they have had to come up with other ways to manipulate and interact with that mechanic. And I find it kind of interesting. For starters, traditional counter spells, two, manner, two mana hard counters are no longer available. So they've introduced things like Quench or Mana Leak, if you're old like me, where it's it's a two mana counter. But if they have mana up, they can just pay a little extra extra. And it counters the counter spell effectively. So it counters the spell unless they pay two in the case of Quench or three in the case of Mana League. And so in the early game, that's effectively a hard counter. But in the late game, it's effectively useless. So there's a give and take there. And so they're they're a little more situational. um, And as a result, not quite as good. It's just a good old-fashioned two-mana counter. But... One of the things I've noticed is that Wizards is not opposed to the idea of a three-mana hard counter. But there's some other... There's For some reason, um, there, there is the card Cancel, which is just one blue-blue counter-target spell. Just straight up, just counter it, don't allow it, boom, it's a counter spell. And all they did was took the good old-fashioned counter spell and just added one generic mana to it. Alright, there's nothing wrong with that, but they also have a series of other counterspells, Dissipate being one of them, where there's just a little extra something to it. They give it a little extra flavor um, and a little extra utility, that way, when you were looking at your suite of counterspells and trying to figure out what do I want to put in this deck, they give you a little something to consider. For example... One of the first ones that comes to mind is Sinister Sabotage. Sinister Sabotage is from the uh, the most recent Ravnica block, and it's one blue-blue, counter-target spell, Surveil 2. So if you're in a deck that wants to Surveil, that's a great little extra bonus. There's also Thought Collapse and Didn't Say Please, which are effectively the same card where they counter the spell and the spell's controller mills four cards. So if you're in a mill deck, that's a great way to continue your progress towards your goal while stopping your opponent from doing the thing they want to do. In the case of Dissipate, what you can do is counter a spell that your opponent might like to see go into their graveyard. And that's something that, as a reanimator player myself, as someone who leverages the graveyard as a resource, when I'm playing around a counter spell, I keep that in mind. So if I have a card in my hand that... I kind of want on the battlefield, but if it's in my graveyard, I can get it back later. So if it has escape or flashback, or I have a card that can fish it out very easily and effectively, a lot of the time what I'll do is, as a way of playing around the counter spell, what I'll do is I'll play the card that I can afford to have in my graveyard. And when I play that card, if it gets countered, cool, it just goes straight to my graveyard. Dissipate prevents that from happening. And so what ends up happening there is... If I play, like, a Doom Necromancer... Like, let's say, for for example, I might have a Doom Necromancer in my hand, which is a it's a three-cost creature that can reanimate something from my graveyard. Um, so it's pretty good. And generally, I want it on the battlefield. However, if it's in my graveyard, I can pull it out with something like Unearth. Um, or uh, Revival. You know, there are a lot of cards that can fish out uh, cards that with mana cost three or less. Heck, if I... Um, I can mutate a necromanther and pull that thing out of there. So it'd, like, it'd be very easy to retrieve it out of my graveyard. Not hard at all. And in a reanimator deck, there's a really good possibility that I'll have ways of just fishing it out of there. However, or actually another classic example of this, imagine Uro. So if you counter an Uro, the person doesn't get their initial... Hit okay, that's legit. That's that's a big deal. They don't get the immediate value. That immediate growth spiral value off of Uro is very real. There's no question about it. However, being able to escape him later means that you know the he's just a looming threat that's just chilling in the graveyard, just ready to pounce. But if you hit it with a dissipate, he's just not there anymore, it's just gone. And so it's stripping a resource from your opponent in a very real way. And so if you are like me, and you like your graveyards, Dissipate is bad news. The idea of exiling something straight from Counterspell, oof, oof, duh, that just stinks. Because as somebody who knows the graveyard's resource, resource, playing, playing around the Counterspell is something that... Everybody needs to learn how to do. And Dissipate is a cool little twist on the counterspell that cuts off one of your options. You know, so then you have a question of, okay, if I play into this counterspell, what are the chances that it's going to just get exiled straight away? Well, okay, maybe I don't want to play my new Necromancer into this. You know, maybe I'd be better off playing this other thing into it. Um, yeah, and it's always a question of opportunity cost. And it's always, um, it's very interesting. That is, that, and that's one of the reasons why I find myself having a lot of thoughts around counterspells. But at the same time, my philosophy with Magic is that everybody should be able to play their cards. Um, I want to play a game. I want to have a fun back and forth. I want to have a fun interaction. I love getting beat when my opponent does something cool because they did something cool. I want to see cool things happen with cards. So in general, counterspells kind of go against my philosophy Kind of. Like on a surface level, they do. However, I find myself thinking about counterspells a lot and even playing counterspells from time to time if I'm in a more competitive environment because the cool things that they provide are cool interactions between your opponent and cool mind games. Um, and you, you end up dancing around the cards in each other's hand in a way that you don't when counterspells are not on the table or not. You know, available to you. So if it's two aggro players, you're just slapping creatures down and punching a bunch, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like combat math is a very, um, you know, knowing when to attack and when to block is. It, it that is a unique dance all on its own. That is very real and very legit um, but control magic um, that back and forth of when you can play what is its own little dance and I can appreciate that and that gets a lot that can be fun um, I can understand the new player issue with it where you'd really hate going up against uh counter spells just because there is there's a feel bad that is very unique to getting your spell countered it, it does feel bad um, but when you're playing at a level where you can kind of see it coming and it adds a depth to the gameplay, I really enjoy them. And so that's why tempo decks, actually, I find very intriguing. Um, And the difference between a tempo deck and a control deck, I believe I've talked about this before, but a tempo deck is all about doing one-for-one, stopping your opponent from hitting little things while you have a small threat that just chews away at them. And that I find very interesting and very challenging because you are highly dependent on drawing quality cards Um, you're very dependent on the top of your deck and the the construction of your deck to give you enough options and flexibility to navigate no matter what kind of situation you're seeing and you really got to have your head on straight if you're going to be playing that style of a game it's very intense and it's very fun when it works. Um, your po- And the thing is, when tempo decks go off, your opponent will feel locked out of the game and it will feel like they are punching at air and there's nothing they can do. And that is kind of a feel-bad moment, but when you can appreciate the intricacies that it takes to get there, then that's a whole other ball game. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's, It's a style of game where if you are playing at that level with people who enjoy that style of play, there is a lot of depth and a lot to enjoy there. So I can appreciate that. Um, Yeah, in general, I really like that style. Now, that is very different from the control setup that we see a lot in the current standard environment. Um, Control systems like the current Bant Ramp deck where you have Elspeth Conqueror's Death, and Teferi to just lock your opponent out of the game completely, that lacks all of the intricacy that I enjoy with tempo strategies. Um, and it's kind of this really big, powerful, ham-fisted control mechanism. Um, and it's just, I'm going to have the best cards, I'm therefore I'm going to win. Whack! And, I don't know, it doesn't... I don't like that. And a card like Dissipate has no place in a big old ham-fisted control-a-thon because well i mean not that it has no place but it's there is a nuance to when you want to play dissipate and against guess what opponents you want to play dissipate that you don't see with a lot of other things um the other other similar cards to this would be negate um where it's a it's a hard counter for two, but it can only touch non-creature spells. You also have Miscast and Spell Pierce they are one-off. Um, they're actually one-drop counter spells that are soft counters that also have limited targets that they can hit. So those are really cool interactions, and the way that you sideboard when you're playing those decks and the way that you construct your deck knowing the meta that you're going into, it, that requires a level of thought that I really respect and appreciate. And I think that... Um, players who are playing control on that level get kind of a bad rap, um, with a lot of the stuff that's going on right now. I mean, heck, the world champion this past year, PVDDR, played an Azorius control deck. That's what he used. Now, he was playing with, um, you know, Teferi and Elspeth Conqueror's Death, whatnot, because they were the best. So, like, why wouldn't you? Um, and at that level, you need to play with the most bo- broken overpowered stuff, and you need to play it incredibly well. So, I get that. And, uh, the dude won thousands of dollars. So, Clearly, he did something right, you know? Um, And, you know, I got a lot of respect for that. So, but that's also a level of play and a style of play that I don't generally aspire to. Um, And I couldn't help but wonder, like, I'd love to see how many decks dissipate showed up in back in the day when this was standard legal. Um, I'm sure it had a place, you know, usually counter spells have a home somewhere. There's usually a blue deck that can make use of a couple good counter spells and it needs a few options because it's going to be going up against a few targets. And I don't doubt that throughout history, I mean, graveyards are a consistent resource throughout the series of the game. So I have no doubt that dissipate has a pretty good, um, you know, has had a number of homes over the years. I also wouldn't be surprised if there are commander decks running this right now, because there are a lot of really good recursive graveyard strategies, and being able to exile threats is a big deal. Um, It's a very big deal. And to the point where I actually don't run, like, I have some delve cards that I'm not running in a lot of my decks because the idea of just exiling them out of my graveyard, like exiling stuff out of my graveyard is kind of nerve wracking, you know, because that's giving up a resource. It is stripping yourself of resources. It's using the resources and expending the resources. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's intense. And so, I don't know, this counterspell is one that I can see a benefit and a situation in which... You will want to run this in Commander. If you have a playgroup that uses a lot of graveyard recursion, having access to something that can exile before something hits the battlefield is really useful. Especially if you dissipate something that escaped. If you dissipate an Uro or a Kroxa that your opponent has just escaped, you they have nuked their own graveyard and they don't get the spell and they don't get the escape creature back into their graveyard. That would be just debilitating, um, you know, depending on their strategy. But that can really hurt somebody. And that's cool. Like, this is something this gives you. If I'm not mistaken, there's a, there's a counterspell from War of the Spark. I think it's called No Escape. Um, I don't know if there's a limit to what I can target, but it also has a similar effect where it exiles um, upon resolution. And I, I don't know. I feel like there's something to that. The other card that I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this reminds me of very much is a card called Hinder. And Hinder is a counterspell that uh, was printed in Kamigawa, and it was meant to counteract Graveyard strategies, specifically the spirits that used Soul Shift, um, which... Soul Shift was a pretty weak mechanic, actually. It was really disappointing. Um, But the way that it was intended to work was that the spirits, when they would go to the graveyard, you could recur them out. Like, so when one died, you could get one that's cheaper back. But it went from your graveyard to your hand. Like, had it gone to the battlefield, it would still be okay. Like, it would have been fine, but it still wouldn't have been great. Anyway, so Soul Shift was kind kind of a miss, if you ask me, but... There's a card called Hinder meant to counteract it, which is, you know, the interaction to go along with it, which was one and two blue, counter-target spell. Its controller puts it... Oh, and I think, actually, you got to choose. Actually, let me go ahead and pull it up. Um, yeah, the way that Hinder worked... Counter-target spell, if it's countered this way, put that card on top or bottom of its owner's library instead of that player's graveyard. So it didn't go to the graveyard. So they didn't get the graveyard resource. It got went back into their library... But as the person who countered the spell, you had some choices. You could either tuck it away on the bottom of their library, effectively removing it from the game. Effectively. Not always. But, you know, if they shuffle in some way, then it's back in the mix as a potential they could draw. Um, But they don't have access to it in their hand and, and whatnot. But you could also do another thing with Hinder that was very, very special, where you could put it on top of their library. So you could stop them from drawing anything else. That's fantastic. You know, usually if you hit somebody with like a remand or something that bounces the spell back to their hand, they have to recast it. And it's, and there's a mana cost associated with it. But when you put it on top of their library, they have to wait until their next turn to draw the thing that they wanted to have in play this turn. And then they still have to pay for it. And they still have to put it down. That is incredibly powerful. So if it's so in this situation, if you're going up against something that you'd never want to see again, get it out of there. If you want to just have a really debilitating tempo play on your opponent, Hinder can give you that. So this card is really, really cool. And I think in any situation where I would run Hinder, I probably won't run Dissipate unless I want Redundancy. Um, if I want Redundancy, especially in a commander deck kind of situation where I have multiple counter spells that can exile cards then I would definitely want Dissipate in addition to Hinder. I think both of those are very good uh, and can do really cool things. So, yeah, I think these are, I don't know, I think these are delightful. Just super, super cool. So, anyway, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. This has been Dissipate on the Overthinking MTG podcast. This is available anywhere you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube. So, hello to everyone um, on the video feed. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate you. You can also catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. If you have any requests for cards that you'd like me to cover, please don't hesitate to ask. I would love, um, I, I, I love taking requests, honestly. So thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll catch you next time.